0: Last week, Pastor Jeff did an amazing job. Um, As he mentioned, if you were joining us, um, I was under the weather, and I'm recuperating, and I'm feeling good. Uh, Not quite 100%, but I'm feeling good, and I'm excited to be with you today. And uh, I have to tell you, his word last week about being a first responder was so good. If you have not listen to that message, I would highly encourage you just to jump onto YouTube, go to our channel, and listen to that message. Such a good word, especially starting out our year. And this is what I know about starting out a new year. Typically, at the beginning of a new year, it's a time when we all will figure out uh, what the new projects are that we're going to do for the year. We're going to cast new vision. We're going to set new goals. Uh, A lot of times, we're going to develop an agenda for what that new year is going to look like, so we break it out into Orders, right. Does anyone do this? Does does any anyone for five of you? All right. Uh, here's the thing that I realized. I realized in my own life that oftentimes I can spend a lot of time casting this vision and, and thinking about these things and setting goals down. But it seemed like the most important thing that we should do is actually first just seek God. that oftentimes we seek our agendas, we seek our goals, we, th- we seek answers. And if we do seek God, we're seeking him so he can fill in the blanks for those agendas, goals, and those things that we want to accomplish. Those things are great. I think we all should be mindful of those things. I just really got a sense that we need to, in our first handful of weeks here in 2022, instead of us jumping in, And saying, what is it that you're going to do? It's, who is it that you're going to be with? And we need to first seek God. Our first response should be, we're seeking God. So can we make our first response this year? We're going to seek God. There's this story in the Bible there's two sisters uh, named Mary and Martha, and you might have heard of these sisters. Uh, Mary and Martha were awesome. Um, they had a brother named Lazarus. So if you've been around uh, the Bible to any degree, Lazarus is this guy who uh, Jesus ended up raising from the dead. Lazarus died, and there's a story where Mary and Martha run to Jesus. Mary also in, in, in the Bible is this woman that she, you know, anoints Jesus' feet. Um, she, you know, in this story that I'm about to read, she ends up sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. And her sister Martha gets a little bit upset. And so let, let, me, let, let me read this to you, and let's walk through this. This is in Luke chapter 10, if you're joining us this morning. We're also going to have this up, and for all of you on our online campus, we'll have this scripture um, for you. I want you to understand, as I jump into this, the impact these women had on Jesus' ministry. Both of these women had a tremendous impact as friends, as financiers, and also as facilitators of gatherings. So there was a lot of time spent, when you look back at the history of this relationship that Mary and Martha had with Jesus, where it was common for them just to spend time in a hospitable fashion, sitting and lounging with Jesus. And Jesus would come over and be eating food with them and and their friends, the other disciples, okay? So this is the story. This is a depiction. So understanding the environment, that it's very friendly, it's family hanging out, and everyone's sitting, and there's this occurrence that takes place. It says in Luke 10, verse 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. And and that word taught is his word. Listening to his words. The word that, that we actually, if you break that down, it's logos. It's the same word as if we read scripture the Logos, Word of God. She sat, so it, it, she was sitting in His feet and listening to how 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 would we make this modern to today? We can't sit physically at Jesus' feet like Mary did, but we can sit and we can listen to His Word. We can we can you know get on uh, some devotional and we can hit play and listen. We can read Scripture. So I I want to bring this into our today. This is not a far off story. This is something that's relevant to us today. Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what Jesus taught. But Martha, there's always a but, right? But Martha was distracted. I love this word distracted. It means she was dragging all around. When I was a kid, and you know if you were disappointed about something, and you were feeling a little bit like you were you were doing the job and had a bit of an attitude. It's, it's, a, bit, it's, it's a bit like when my parents would take out the trash, and I How many of us are dragging all around doing things? Like we're completing the task, but our attitude is horrible. This is Martha. She welcomed Jesus into her home, but now she's dragging all around. Man, why is she doing this? Says she's distracted or dragging all around because of the big dinner that she was preparing. So here I want I want us to understand what's happening. Mary is sitting as a disciple. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus as a disciple, and Martha is spinning with distraction. How many of you today can say confidently that you're sitting at the feet of Jesus? You're just you're you're, sit, you're sitting there. Or how many of you today maybe are spinning because of the circumstances and situations? Because of what, what yesterday represented, where you are today, or, the, or, or maybe the prospect of, I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I'm spinning. Yeah. And sometimes we don't look like we're spinning, but in our hearts we're spinning. Can anyone relate to this? Yeah. And Luke... 1040 as it goes on it says she came to jesus martha did and she this is what she says listen lord doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while i do all the work tell her to come and to help me (laughs) it always gets a little interesting when you start telling jesus what to think (laughs) and not only what to think but then how to respond to how he should be thinking I think you should think, and I think you should do based on that thought that I just told you, because I'm I'm the ruler. Jesus is like, oh, all right. So Martha tells, this is how I this is how I how I filter this. It says, uh, this is what I think Martha is saying to Jesus. Hey, can you tell Mary to stop attending to you and start attending to me instead? See, Jesus, she's worshiping you and I'm working for you. And she needs to begin to worship my work that I'm doing for you. This is this is like the, the trap. Martha is is upset because you should be doing what I'm doing. That sometimes what happens is we do the work and the service of Jesus. And we want people to worship what we're doing. When Jesus is calling us to simply being. By living a life like Mary. Are you with me? So her attitude is calling into question her motive. Why is she doing what she's doing? See, Martha attending to the housework, it wasn't actually the problem. That's not what was wrong with her. A lot of times people will talk about this passage and go, well, you need to not attend to the work. You need just to be with Jesus. And it's like that. Hold on a second. Let's just be honest. If, If that's the point, if that's the point of the story, don't we have a problem? Because then if we all just sit around adoring Jesus, who's actually attending to the service of Jesus? Like, let's be honest here. We need to come and sit at the feet of Jesus and be a Mary, but we also need to understand that we have to be a Martha. But we need to be a Martha with the right motivation. Yeah. Guys, there, there is service to be done in the church. There is service to be done. Like, just getting, getting to a Sunday, I, I mean, this is the truth. Everything you see here, it takes so much work. And we all come in and sit. And we sometimes don't see the work that it takes months in advance or weeks in advance to to make sure that our kids are taken care of and that you're welcome when you come. There's so much need in that in that area. And what we do is we, we find this like potentially we're pitting the two against each other in this story, and that's not that's not the truth. They're not on polarizing ends of the spiritual spectrum. Hey, so, he, so here's uh, let's wrap our heads around this really quickly. Being before doing is more of a prioritization rather than a polarization. Let me let me say that again, because I because I, I, I have a feeling some of you hear it but aren't catching it. Being with Jesus, like Mary, is more of a prioritization. Being before doing. You being with Jesus is the prioritization. It's not polarization. It, it's not one or the other. Let me say it this way. Being with Jesus is your foundation for doing with the right motivation. We can check the religious box, baby. Hey, I tithe, 10%. I gave, mm-hmm. look at me, worship my work. Uh, I showed up, I spent time with those unruly three-year-olds in that class, check i get more i there are more rewards for me in heaven i get an extra jewel in my crown because i i I had to help change a diaper and then uh I, i showed up and 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 i i helped that person and check religious box look at me worship my work As this goes on, but the Lord, this is what Jesus says to her. My dear Martha, in in the King James, he actually says her name twice. He says, Martha, Martha, why? Jesus isn't like hateful toward her. In fact, when when you see that doubling down of her name, it's showing the tremendous um, sensitivity that Jesus has toward her. He's like, heart's breaking. Martha, thank you for serving me, but you're getting it wrong. Yes, yes. We need to attend to these things, but first, Martha, Martha, and listen to what he says. He goes, you're worried. That word, that, that word worry, means to misplace your worship. Martha, you're misplacing your worth, attention, and affection. That you need to he, he he says you're you're worried and you're upset over all these details saying you, he's saying you're preoccupied, you're preoccupied with household chores, and you've got this hostile attitude toward me and your sister, and people are more important than performance. Jesus is saying people. Me and your sister, we're more important than how you perform. Sometimes I think what happens is we perform in our faith at the detriment of people. (laughs) Then we make the mistake of insisting that the people around us are serving in the same capacity and they perform at the detriment of people. He's not negating Martha's hospitable activities, but he's concerned with her distraction and her worry. And he's concerned because she's she's underemphasizing the one thing that Jesus wants us to focus on. Listen. In verse 42, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will never be taken away from her. The one thing was exemplified by Mary with an attitude of worship, of meditation, just sitting at Jesus' feet, and listening with an open mind and heart to Jesus' words. Can I tell you that God created us to enjoy a deep and intimate relationship with him? He made you for that. That's important for you and I to know. Because sometimes in relationships, not just with Jesus, but in relationships, we get really focused on performing for those relationships. Instead of being focused on the person that we're in a relationship with. God created us for this intimate, deep close relationship with him. So while works of service are important, they must never eclipse this deep fellowship that he wants each of us to experience with him. I love Mary's example because what is it showing us then? It's showing us that time spent is greater and ultimately fuels tasks accomplished. America is one of the most task-oriented countries in existence. We're all about what you got done. We're all, we're all about it. We're all about productivity. Productivity apps on our phones to make us what more productive. But it doesn't make us more personal. And Jesus is a personal Jesus. Now, there's a lot of benefits to seeking God, but we're going to begin our year with a posture of no agenda. Okay? Now, what I'm going to present to you very quickly are three key postures to seek Jesus first with no agenda. Three things. Three things that we can do to make it very simple. Uh, how many of you um, played on a merry-go-round ever in your life? Merry-go-round, raise your hand high if you ever got on a merry-go-round. How many of you spun on that thing till you threw up? How many of you got on a merry-go-round and then uh, the sixth graders showed up and they start spinning the merry-go-round, and and and, and you you the only way to exit that merry-go-round, right? Like your world is spinning at a high rate. And, 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 and what I loved about the merry-go-round is that like everyone likes that. We want to alter our mind state. So we start spinning. And little kids, you know, spin. So we get on this merry-go-round where this is great. And then the bigger kid comes along, and starts spinning the merry-go-round, and you go flying off the merry-go-round. Some of you right now, that's how you feel in life. Do, Jake, do you, do you guys have a picture of a merry-go-round up here? Here's, Check this out. Keep that up for a second. Here's what I know, though, about, about a merry-go-round. The experience on a merry-go-round is going to be determined by where you sit. See, if I'm sitting on the edge, why are there bars there? Because the force trying to throw you off is greater than if you were sitting in the center. Where you sit will determine how you handle the spin. And some of us have to understand that the, the first key posture for us seeking God first with no agenda is we need to adjust our sit. And we need to sit as close to him as possible. I love that Mary sat at Jesus' feet. She sat at the center of everything going on. That the entire universe is banking on the name of Jesus. That the center of all things that seem chaotic, chaotic is centered on the name of Jesus. So listen, when we say, number one, we need to seek Jesus first by sitting, you're gonna hear me say this repeatedly, by sitting, the the sitting is important. Where you sit is important. So we're gonna seek Jesus first by sitting to hear with a humble heart. Mary, she exemplifies this. The word sat says Mary sat at the Lord's feet. The word sat, it it means to just uh, sit close to, but it's a sign of submission. Here's what's fascinating about Mary. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, and it was a place that was typically reserved for a disciple of of a, a master, a teacher, a mentor, a rabbi. You know that contextually in society, when Mary decided to take her place at the feet of Jesus, that culturally wasn't acceptable. Women were not supposed to be disciples of teachers. They could stand on the outside and they could learn what was being taught on the inside, but they didn't have the inside track to sit at the feet of the rabbi. Jesus is changing so many things right here. He's saying there is zero prejudice against any one of you that wants to sit at my feet underneath my apprenticeship as a disciple. Nothing that you have done, nothing society can tell you changes the fact that you can position and posture yourself seated at the feet of Jesus. It is open for any one of us. There are no disqualifiers. If anyone tells you different, I would question where they're sitting in proximity to Jesus. So it's completely countercultural what Mary's doing here. Mary's name, this is this this is what cracks me up. Do you know what Mary's name means? Rebellious Her name means uh, the the obstinacy. I was like, "What the heck does that mean?" So I asked Rabbi Google. I'm gonna define it for you in a second. Her name means quality of being stubborn. (laughs) Ha ha! Obstinacy, stubbornly adhering to an attitude an opinion, or a course of action. It's an unwillingness to change course, to give up a belief or a plan. What's your plan for 2022? The rest of society is on the edge of the merry-go-round and everyone's spinning. What's your plan? Listen, I love rebellion. I do. Here's... (laughs) I love rebellion because rebellion is actually a hardwiring in humanity. So it's not whether or not you and I are going to be rebellious. It's what are you going to be rebellious toward? Society says figure it out on your own. Go ahead and spin. And Mary is like, I am rebellious. I am countercultural. I'm going against the grain. I'm doing what no one else is supposed to be doing. I'm going to attach myself to the center. I'm going to sit. I'm going to take the seat. I know that somebody else should probably take, there's probably a man that's supposed to be sitting here, but I'm going to take the man's seat. I'm going to take the seat. Some of you think, oh, I'm disqualified. Someone else, someone else has more worth. They're more worthy. They should be sitting at the feet of Jesus. I'm telling you today that your worth is found sitting at the, at the feet of Jesus. Get to the feet of Jesus. Mary is not doing what everyone else is doing. Can we, can we for a second get stubborn and rebellious and have and, and in that this is this is the crazy juxtaposition in that rebellion exercise a humble heart? Not to do what everyone else is doing, but to be countercultural and say, in the midst of everything, I'm gonna sit at the feet of Jesus. But look at all this that's going on. Yeah, you know, first, first, first things first. I need to sit with Jesus for a minute. I need to get grounded. Because I don't want to vomit. And I don't want to get thrown off of this life. Come on, can someone relate to this? All right, man, I'm preaching to myself today. I'm channeling my inner TD and you guys, man, The bishop is here right now. All right. Five of you understand that reference. Mary was stubborn in her humble course of action to sit at the feet of Jesus. Man. I love it. Be rebellious. Go against the grain. Be countercultural. I want to seek Jesus first by sitting to hear with a humble heart. Here's what I know. A humble heart is an open heart. Number two, second posture. Seek Jesus first by sitting to hear him with an open heart. If you have a humble heart, it's going to lead to having an open heart. Mary's posture of humility is what positions her to receive what Jesus is saying with an open heart. It says that Mary sat at the Lord's feet, but she was listening. Two separate things. She had to sit, humility, but then she had to listen, open heart. Listening uh, means understanding with action. It's to actively hear with an open heart to respond. Um, I, I love this because she sat stubbornly close to Jesus with a humble and an open heart. It's possible to sit close to Jesus but have a closed heart to what his words are saying. Let me say that again. It is possible for you and I to take a close seat with Jesus, but have a closed heart to what it is that he's trying to teach us. I love scripture it says, Be- Quick to what? Listen, slow to speak. Most of us, when we listen, th- this, is, this is human nature, right? Um, most listening is done with a closed heart um, of personal convictions. Like, I have my own convictions, so when I hear you, I filter it through my own convictions. Let me give you an example. Um, you may be listening to me right now, and you're just, you, there's multiple things that you're, you're filtering everything I'm saying through. One, do you like me? I'm just being, I'm being honest. Most of your ability to listen is whether or not you even, like, I don't even like you, Pat. I hate your jacket. I hate your shoes. I hate everything about you. I hate, I mean, and this is not, right? Just being honest. There's a percentage of people that aren't going to like you. Psychology studies have shown for no reason. The moment they meet you, they just go, I don't like you. So get over trying to please people. But when I'm listening, that's a filter of mine. So your own personal convictions, you're listening through this and you're saying, well, I I don't like Pat. Perhaps you're listening and you're like, I like Pat, but I'm listening and I'm, I'm filtering a defense to argue against what he's saying. Most of the time when we're listening to someone, listen, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're having a conversation, you're listening and the whole time you're forming a narrative on how you're going to respond to that person. That's a free one for married couples. If you're a business person, Right There's a principle, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Like This is a key thing. Why? Because we have a propensity toward listening with our own set of convictions. And our convictions will determine how we deal with what we're hearing. Uh, sometimes we're going to ask, well, what's my viewpoint on this? What's my opinion on what Pat? Well, that, uh, my opinion different than what Pat's preaching right now. Um, How does this information affect me, impact me? What's it going to cost me? What is sitting at the feet of Jesus going to cost me? Um, Sometimes we're going to sit and say, what, uh, I'm I'm hearing, like, Pat, you're speaking, but um, especially, I I know, ladies, your brains are firing 55,000 times faster than men's. It's actually scientifically proven. Um, Multiple windows open on the computer desktop, okay? Men are like one window. We're like, one application at a time, women. you right now. You're thinking like, okay, uh, when I get home, I got to make sure that the kid. And then I got, and then I got four. And then how am I gonna? And I, so you're trying to listen to what I'm saying, but you have this whole narrative. Women, can I get an amen? amen? Or how about just this? I don't do things the way you do it, so I ain't trying to hear you. You just have your own set of convictions, personal convictions. Are potentially determining your ability to listen to and be obedient to Jesus' words of guidance, instructions, and his commands. You want me to say that again? Your personal convictions that you're filtering with are determining your ability to listen to, be obedient to Jesus' words of guidance, instructions, and commands. Personal convictions close your heart to what Jesus is trying to say. Mary sat with a humble and open heart, said she was listening. She wasn't filtering what Jesus was saying through her own personal convictions. And here's what I know about conviction. Your convictions are determining the validity of Jesus' commands. Listen to this. Your convictions as a follower of Jesus are determining the validity of Jesus' commands that we read in Scripture rather than Jesus' commands determining the validity of your convictions. Would you like an example? When you read Scripture and it says, hey, You should forgive people. Well, you don't know the story, Jesus. I ain't trying to hear that. Your conviction is determining your ability to respond to his command. When his command should determine your conviction. My conviction is I forgive. Why? Because I'm commanded to. You need to love people. Why? Because I'm commanded to. We, filter, we should filter our convictions with an open heart through God's commands. But we're living in a culture right now where that's not what's happening. So many people are running around, and how we live out our life of faith is determined on what we think and feel. I'm sorry, your convictions don't determine the validity of Jesus' commands. His commands determine the validity of your convictions. Why do you have that conviction? Well, I just feel like, well, we're wrong right there. Feelings come and go. Are you, are you understanding? I love Mary because she's just like, hey, I'm going to gonna be humble, and I'm going to sit, I'm going to submit myself, but I'm also going to have an open heart, and I'm going to listen. And Jesus, the convictions that I carry in my life are going to be determined By your word and your teaching. And lastly, number three, Jesus. We're gonna seek Him first by sitting to here with a hungry heart, humble heart, an open heart, and a hungry heart. The word "seek." One of the one of the definitions for the word "seek" has, by the way, that word has so many definitions means to crave, as in nourishment, um, it means to resort to a frequent sacred place. Uh, th- this passage in Deuteronomy 12 verse, says, "Do not worship the Lord your God in the way these pagan people worship their gods." I-, I like to think that they're worshiping their gods on the outside of the merry-go-round spinning, telling their gods how their gods need to inform their convictions deuteronomy and says don't worship like that but he gives instructions says rather you must seek here's the word you must seek you must crave to be nourished to and to resort to a sacred place you must seek the lord your god at the place of worship he himself will choose from among all the tribes the place where his name will be honored see mary craved hearing the words of jesus with a hungry heart at the highest place of honor and where is that at his feet Do you and I have a hunger and do we crave to get at the center of that merry-go-round of life, to get the center of the universe, to get to the name of you? Do we, do we crave to get to that sacred place? Are we willing to fight over it? Are we willing to do whatever it takes to obtain that, to, to obtain that possession? I want to get there. I want to live there. I, I, I want to be centered there. I want to be rooted there. I want to be grounded there. While the rest of the world's getting thrown off. I'm on the same I'm on the same world, I'm on the same life, I'm on the same merry-go-round, but what sets me apart of the follower Jesus when I get to the center with a humble and open heart and I'm hungry for it. I'm craving it. I want God, I want to know your word. I want to know. I want to be centered on you today. Before I make any plans for my year, I'm going to be centered on him. In all three accounts of Mary in Scripture, she is found seated at Jesus' feet. The first is anointing his feet, the second is falling to his feet, grieving, and the third is sitting and listening to his teaching. She has found, she is hungry, she's humble with an open heart, and she she shows a hunger that no matter what happens in Mary's life, guess where she finds herself? Right at the center. Some of your worlds are spinning. And I just, I want to encourage you this morning that when we make Jesus the center, it can, nor, it can normalize that that feeling that you're, you're 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 like that tension that you feel. Your marriage is spinning. You're, you're, your business is spinning. Uh, you're, you feel like, God, you turn on the news. It's like everything around me is spinning. How do we calm the spin? When I was little, we used to call them the spinnies. You know, like when you spin too much and then you like stop and your body keeps spinning, you fall over. How do we calm this? We need to get to the center. Why don't you join me in standing? Here's what I know when you crave something, you will do almost anything to get it. And you're going to form habits around what you crave in order to obtain it. Let me say that again. You will form habits around whatever you crave in order to obtain it. And I also know this. Hunger always keeps you coming back for more. So so whatever you're feeding yourself, you're developing an appetite for. And that hunger keeps you coming back for more. Mary was hungry. She just kept coming. Like... Mary just kept finding yourself there. Why? Because hunger keeps you coming back for more. Would I be willing to do almost anything to seek Jesus first at his feet? Would I be willing to go to great lengths to devour his word? Now, I want to make some things really practical for us today. I I feel like I have a couple things I'm going to pray for really quickly and we're going to end. But here's some some practical stuff. Um, I think there's something powerful about reading the word of God and Jesus is probably like one of the greatest figures in, in history and in scripture and so uh, this week if you would like to you can join me and and, and I, I'm not trying to recreate the wheel so I just use the Bible app the you version. and uh, and so we'll, we'll post on our story on Instagram so just go to the Movement Church on Instagram and you can find the link and you can join me. And we're just going to read through the Bible in five days, right? And it's just not the whole Bible. Some of you were like, wait, what? For five days, we're going to read. We're going to read for five days about the life of Jesus. And you can do that with me. Now, I'm going to warn you, there's a limited amount of people who can get into this group. And so if we cap it out, we're going to open up another link. So please just message us and say, "Hey, the group got capped out, and we'll open up another group." Um, I know that, that gr- I know that the first group is potentially it's gonna it's gonna fill up for sure today. 150 people can can get in that group. I know today it will actually fill up, and we'll we'll open another link. Why do I want to do that? Because I want to encourage you, in the midst of everything going on, sending yourself before you get up and you swipe open your social media. which is gonna send you spinning. Before you turn on the CNN or the Fox News or whatever fair and balanced source that you want to devour media from, right? I'm just, we're gonna open the Bible app and we're gonna read through five days. Saturday, Sunday, we're gonna come back Sunday, we're we're gonna get some more word. And then the next Monday, there's gonna be a new link And another five days of Jesus' life. And we're just gonna keep plugging away. You can do anything one time, it's one week. So I highly encourage you. We're gonna post it in our story. It actually might be posted right now um, in our story. So right when we're done, you can go to our Instagram. How often do you simply sit with Jesus? Here's some questions. Let's close our eyes. And and these are for you to internalize. Uh, How often do you simply sit with Jesus? How often do you simply sit with Jesus with an open heart? How often are you developing an appetite for time with Jesus and with his words? So here's what I want to do. We're going to sit for 50 seconds right now. all I want you to do is close your eyes. You may not even have a relationship with God. But for 50 seconds, we're going to sit. and We're going to sit in quiet. And no matter where you're at, here's what I want you to say. God, reveal yourself to me. 50 seconds. Here's my encouragement as we walk out today is that you would sit, get up in the morning and sit for 50 seconds. First thing, say, so God, what is it today you want to do? I'm coming in humility with an open heart to listen. Like Mary, is it is it an anointing Jesus' feet kind of day? Is it I need to bring my grief and just sit at your feet today, Jesus? Is it a healing kind of day? Is it a sit and and, and receive some guidance and some instruction through his word? God, I just want to, for my first response, is I just want to sit with you and you reveal to me what it is you're doing today. And I just want to get to the center. I just want to get to the center and grab a hold of you. I encourage you to be in the word today. Something powerful that Mary was at the center receiving the Logos word of Jesus. Who is spinning today? Some of you guys want to pray for really quickly. I'm going to pray in general, and then I'm going to pray for some really specific things here in a second. So, in general, I'm just going to pray and then release everyone. Um, and then there's some specific prayers that I want to have um, for people. I'm going, to, I'm going to let you know. Let you know what those are really quickly here. Um, I feel like some of you are literally walking into the new year and um, your world is spinning. Like there's a dizziness that you feel and you cannot get a hold of. Like you can't, you can't root. It feels like you can't root and center. You can't stop things. And, and it, it, it's a little bit of a feeling of being out of control. It's a spiritual vertigo. Um, if that makes sense. That everything is just really off. And some of you, your worlds are spinning. There's different areas of, of what you're maybe walking through or your life that you just feel like you're spinning. And I feel like God wants to grab a hold of those things. He wants to ground you and root you. It doesn't mean that you're not on the merry-go-round. It's just your proximity and your posture changes. And it positions you to be in a place that when you're centered, that lots of things can be going on, but you're not getting thrown off. You're not you're not getting upset to your stomach. The bully, the devil, who wants, to, who wants to spin the merry-go-round of your life at a high rate of speed has nothing against you because you've gotten to the center. And I'm gonna frustrate the devil today. Who here is spinning? Raise your hand. If you're next to somebody... Raise your hand if you're spinning. It's okay. Yeah, if you're next to somebody, you just put your hand on them. Here's what I love. It's not. It's not like an absolute necessity, but I think it. I think it's important. Just place your hand on them. I'm just going to pray for you guys. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is, wh- wh- whatever the merry-go-round, whatever the spin. Man, the devil is like all about spinning. He, he wants to spin the narrative. He wants to take something that seems true and he wants to spin it. He wants to take the truths that God has for your life. He wants to spin it. He wants you, he wants to pervert the narrative of God's uh, word for you. And, and I just say right now in the name of Jesus that you give us ears first and foremost, ears to hear that the, your word would pierce through like armor piercing uh, weaponry would pierce through um, whatever the enemy is trying to build up around our hearts to stop us from understanding um, the balanced, centered nature of who you are. And God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that whatever it is that's creating this spin, that we call it to cease right now we call it to cease right now, that you put the brakes right now, that the bully, the devil, can't show up to the playground and can't grab a hold of the merry-go-round that God wants us to have some fun on and and grab a hold of it and start spinning to the point where it starts throwing us to and fro. Lord, that we understand that there is power in being centered, that where we sit will determine what it is that we're going to be able to sustain. Where we sit is going to determine what it is we're going to be able to sustain. And it's not sustainable to be sitting on the fringes and sitting on the outside. It's only sustainable in this life if we get close to Jesus. So right now, we just say, Jesus, we're coming. Jesus, we know you're there. We know that you're willing to accept any one of us. There's no prejudice in you. And we just come to you right now with confidence that we can enter into this place. We can enter into this space that we can get close to you, that we can seek you. First, to sit with a humble heart, with an open heart, and with a hungry heart. God, that I pray that you would increase the hunger of every single one of us, that the hunger inside every one of us would increase, that the humility and the openness and the hunger would increase, that there would be a craving that would be so crazy that we would be willing to do anything, to chew on, to be nourished by, to digest your word every single day and then it would center us, it would root us, it would ground us, it would protect us, it would allow us in the midst of chaos to be able to find a centeredness that grounds us and we're firm and that we're not being tossed to and fro. As scripture says, we're not being tossed to and fro. When the wind blows, we're not being tossed because we're centered and we're rooted. Father, we thank you. God, I just pray for relational calm. Relationships right now that are topsy-turvy, that are spinning, I just pray right now for calm. I pray for a centeredness. Let us grab a hold of, let us get to the center of. felt like some of us need to um, guard our consumption. This is going to sound super, super like, duh, but this is important. I feel like some of us need to guard what we're consuming. Here's what I mean. Some of us are consuming everything outside of the word of God at a high rate, And and I want to be clear about something. It's not the food's fault it gets consumed. So it's not media's fault it gets consumed. It's like, let's not. So I just feel like God is calling us to a place of personal responsibility to say, I need to get to the center and I need to consume the right thing. But part of that process is we have to stop consuming some other things. Some of you are consuming a whole lot. I know in my life, one of the things that I'm stepping into is like, I'm like, God, I'm not even going to open up social media. I'm not going to open up all these other media platforms until I do these key things every single day. I'm just, why? Because I will create habits around the things that I crave. Father, as we move into this week, And we move into next week. I look forward to seeing everyone again as we talk about, again, a first response, another first response to stepping into 2022. And at the end of the handful of weeks, we're gonna be together. My my hope is is that we're gonna have some clarity on what it is that we're going after this year, that you would in your life, that we would together. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said. Amen, and amen, and amen.